Hello, and welcome to my podcast, Where the Dark Corners Are. Hello, hello. I am Vina, and I am your Dark Travels hostess. And tonight, we're cracking open our passports and heading to the Ukraine. Now, as many people know that Ukraine, as was, was once claimed by the Russians like hundreds of years ago, making it part of the communist regime. But it's 2021, and with the Iron Curtain down, much has changed. Not only that, we get to learn about the curious, the strange, and the downright paranormal about the, the Ukraine. And, awesome enough, I am being joined by a former resident of Ukraine to discuss some of the strange, curious, and paranormal. So please welcome Val. How are you guys doing today? <laughs> So, my understanding, you were born in the Ukraine. That's right. All right. And then I keep calling it the U- Ukraine? I mean... I mean, whichever. Okay. I've heard it both ways. I usually just say Ukraine. Okay. I was born in Ukraine? Yeah. Okay. Because, <laughs> I mean, we don't say I was born in the America. That's right. Yeah, so... <laughs> now, so tell us. Tell us a little bit about your life behind the Iron Curtain. Um. Well, growing up in Ukraine... Um, we were fairly poor. I mean, my house there was a small house, like a more like a farmhouse, you would say. But um, we didn't have any running water. We had electricity, but not running water. And then not everybody had that. I mean, uh, not everybody was like me. Other people had nicer ho- nicer homes. We were just on the worst end of the stick, I guess. Okay. Coming up to America, it was it was definitely a change. Okay, so. What were you told about America before you came? Not a lot. I mean, I assumed it was similar. Similar to Ukraine? <laughs> I, you know, I assumed, you know, cities where people live. I was only uh, 10 years old at the time, 11 when I came here. So, first time on a plane, obviously? Yeah, it was. How it was that? It was an experience. It was really cool. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so, you thought America was like Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And when you got here... Did you notice any differences? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, looking at movies, Hollywood, you think it's these big cities like New York or Chicago. And when we landed, we actually did land in Chicago, and it was cool. It right. was great. I was like, oh, this is awesome. Big buildings, you know. And we spent some time in uh, Minneapolis with some of my uh, parents' friends, and it was, it was cool. But then we finally began our long trip home across country and ended up in the little town that we live now. Right, in Northern California. That's right. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know, it was different, (laughs) which it was just little and there was not much to do. But it's actually a town that I've grown to love over the years and decided to stay here. Right, right. Now, Sue, when I was 11, 
like I keep calling it the Iron Curtain. Well, that's what it was when I was 10, 11. And everyone had a negative opinion about the Russians, the, the communists. I mean, again, not a whole lot of information was coming out from you guys. And not that we were receptive anyways. I mean, you guys were wrong. <laughs> Either way. I mean, not that that's necessarily accurate, but... I mean, that was just the way the world was right. when I was the age that you came to America. Now, part of one of the things that tends to happen when you open your borders or, you know, you start, people start moving in from different areas of the world, you get to start learning some really cool things about their culture, about their folklore. And you also get to learn, like, some of the creepy shit that goes on <laughs> in different countries. Mm-hmm. So... Let's talk about some of the creepy folklore or, you know, mythical creatures. Let's let's uh let's go to the Ukraine. Well, first of all is a lot of stories that were read to me as a kid weren't exactly didn't exactly have happy endings like Disney likes to make it out that everything ends okay. Right? With the happy um, ending? Yeah. It, they actually always had a lesson, don't do this or uh, the Baba Yaga will snatch you up. The Baba Yaga. Yeah. Is that is, is that like the boogeyman? Uh, almost, but so Baba Yaga is the translation would be an old lady or a grandma, and Yaga is just I think it's an evil thing. So she is just old lady like a hag that lives in the woods, and the the whole purpose of her is that she likes to snatch snatch up little kids that don't listen and she cooks them in her stove and eats them (laughs) she's a very evil creature and so the lesson is not to mess with her right yeah she dwells in the woods and swamps her house is a very creepy hut just surrounded by skulls the skulls of the children that she ate i would assume so Or, or maybe the people that she killed that dwelled where she dwells see like to me, the you called it the Baba Yaba? Baba Yaga. Yaga, okay. To me, it would be like, you better behave or the Baba Yaga is going to get your ass. That's right. Okay. That's right. And it, it's a scare tactic, you know. Right. It not, it's, doesn't make you listen by thinking something good's going to become of it. It makes you listen because something bad's going to happen if you don't. So it's kind of like Krampus, you know. If yeah. you don't behave, Krampus is going to get your exactly ass. Exactly like okay. that. Okay. Yeah, we don't have that here in America. <laughs> <laughs> Dreams do come true when you wish upon a star around here. <laughs> well, I actually had an opportunity to kind of do some research, obviously, for this episode. And, I mean, you guys actually have, Ukraine actually has some pretty interesting mythical creatures that just even involves a little bit of woven history, if you will. Mm-hmm. For example, have you ever been to Lake Somin? Somin? Uh, I don't believe so. Okay. Like, it's near a village called Lukiv, which is located in the western portion of Ukraine. And there's this creature that basically it's like a mega crocodile. And apparently his scaly ass has basically been terrorizing the locals there for over a century. And it kind of sounds like the Loch Ness meets Jaws meets a crocodile scenario. And the people who have seen this, they don't even have a name. In the research that I did, there's there's no name. Uh, 
but they describe it as being at least 30 feet in length, and it has a head like a serpent, but a like crocodilian, if that's a word, <laughs> body. And it apparently is not shy as it likes to when it's like on land because it you know goes on and off land. When he's on land, he's like he'll be like groaning or wheezing at night to let people know I'm out and about, you know, <laughs> bitches beware kind of thing. <laughs> and apparently its favorite way to hunt is so I guess there are these underground caves at the bottom of the lake. And what he does is he just basically waits for some poor unsuspecting animal or some drunk ass man to wander close to the water, mm-hmm. maybe even, you know, bend down to take some sips of water. And that's his, that's when he snatches your ass. Okay. <laughs> and I mean, and he's the best hunting hours for this guy apparently. He's either at dusk or at night, basically when you can't see him coming to snatch you and you know, like a crocodile, drags you back into the water and basically just chomps you dead. <laughs> That's so. terrifying. Yes. Uh, it's actually... Sounds like some Jurassic World stuff. Right. Or, <laughs> you know, there was a movie called Lake Placid where it kind of sounded like this creature is... I mean, it's in fresh water and alligators aren't really known for fresh water. So, right, exactly. <laughs> but here's the deal. So this mega crocodilian guy has been around since even before war one and at that time the locals were being made to pay a a fishing tax and the locals who knew they couldn't come near the lake were like i'm not paying that i can't even go near the lake it's too dangerous this creature's eating us they're eating my cows they're eating my horses i'm not paying that so the government actually decided that they were going to do like an investigation and the authorities decided to basically do this expedition into the lake to explore, you know, is this even legit? So they start the process, but they get suckered into World War One, and the search gets called off. The expedition gets called off. So then after World War One, you know, everyone's poor <laughs> everywhere. Right. It was not good time. And then we have, of course, the Great Depression hit. But anyways, the rumors and the belief of this crocodile continues even to World War II. And as I'm sure you're aware, the Nazis took the Ukraine mm-hmm. and part of their world domination, you know, the goddamn Nazis. And they're getting told by the locals this this creature is roams this lake and even the nazis are like you know what we're just going to check this out <laughs> we need to find out what it is correct so even the goddamn nazis decide to investigate whether or not there's some legitimacy to this crocodilian mega crocodile thing and even though they didn't find anything of significance it doesn't matter. I mean, to this day, rumors of this creature still persists, which I think is interesting because here again, generations talking about the same thing. And, I, I, you know, to get people like the goddamn Nazis involved, I think, is pretty significant. Yeah, it's you impressive. Know, I mean, they, they have world domination priorities, you know? What I mean? <laughs> right. So it's not, you know, high on their priority, but they did do it. So, so I mean, what else? What other kind of creatures or... 
Legends. Legends. There's, I mean, there's all kinds of legends. I mean, not all the creatures are bad. There's a story, stories about uh, this creature called the Dumovoy. The Dumovoy? Yeah. Okay. So this is a creature, a small creature, uh, usually described as hairy or even maybe a spirit. It lives in your house. Okay. It, it tries to help you keep your house clean. It, okay. It's a good spirit unless you make it mad. All right, all right. So making it angry would be kind of... A bad idea? Yeah. Okay. But it's 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 little things that'll make it angry, like you disrespecting your home or cursing in your home. Okay. Which I mean, at that point I think we've all made uh Domovoy angry. <laughs> uh but he dis- he describes his uh displeasure by making the things making things in your house creak or banging on the walls, things that can't be explained. Okay. Like when you're sleeping or... Yeah, okay. just creaking and make it creepy, making it scary. I'm assuming it's to uh, scare you into being good. And it actually kind of sounds like a pissed off wife. <laughs> I think that's a fair assessment. Uh, maybe. Maybe that's <laughs> what it is. You know, there there are actually, I think in Ireland, like brownies or spirits. Yeah, little pixies. Sprites, right. That are come to your house, they'll clean your shoes, they'll shine your shoes. And they're like... Keep your shit clean. You know, I did this for you. You know, don't be an asshole. <laughs> Pick up after <laughs> yourself. Right. Yep. So, I mean, so that kind of sounds like something similar to other parts of the world. You know, that's the other really cool thing about, you know, learning about other folklores and other from other countries is how much the there's similarities. You know, for as much as there's a language barrier, for as much as there's a culture and a we have different conceptions for certain things, but there's also these common commonalities, if you will, that actually, you know, once we start talking, we start learning more that we're, we have a lot more in common than we realize. But of course, with the language barrier, that that Ma- makes it difficult. <laughs> correct. Now, um, speaking of language, I did want to ask you for English. How did you learn English? Did you learn before you got here? I mean, I think I remember you speaking a little bit. Well, that was the thing is we knew we were coming about a year ahead of time. So I did take classes. And over there, it was education is you have to learn another language while you're in grade school. I was taking English in second grade, even though I didn't even know I was coming here. Okay. I wasn't very good at it at all. (laughs) But I started getting tutored once we found out. And then I was still ridiculously bad when I got here. But going to a public school actually helps it out a bunch because other kids make fun of you. But, you know, some kids actually help you out. This is how you say that. This is how you say this. And you end up picking up fairly quick. By the time I hit high school, other people couldn't even... Because, I mean, you don't even have your accent. Yeah, yeah. They couldn't even guess that I was from a different country until they saw my last name. Right. Which (laughs) is extremely long and hard to pronounce. (laughs) Doesn't help that it ends with ski. (laughs) It almost makes you sound like Polish because, believe it or not, my grandmother, her maiden name was Malinsky. So, and she was, her her father was born in Poland. Poland, Germany, the... The borders changed thanks to the goddamn Nazis and whatnot. But either way, so the ski is like a connecting common ground. So I didn't even know that. So awesome. (laughs) 
Did the panda, was he a good guy? <laughs> he was a good guy. He okay. was a great guy. Okay. Now, the other creature, the other Ukrainian creature that I came across, which I thought was kind of interesting, because, again, going back to the concept of common mythical creatures and uh, similarities in folklore, is the Mavka. Mavka. Does that, am I pronouncing that right? Mavka. Mavka. Mm-hmm. Okay. And apparently... The Ukrainians believe that the Mothka is like ghosts or souls of people who had died a premature death. Generally speaking, we're talking young women or unchristianed babies. So the ghosts would take the form of a young, beautiful woman, like a nymph, like a sea nymph, or just a nymph in general, with very long hair. And the reason why the hair was very long is because... They have no skin on their backs. So people can actually see their organs. So, I mean, that's kind of a little nasty there. (laughs) And in addition to this, they have no shadows. They have no reflection in the water. And they live in the forests, you know, mountain caves. And they actually like the the creature you spoke before. They like to keep things kind of neat and tidy. And they decorate their house with rugs. They love to plant flowers in the spring. And apparently they're big on dancing in the, <laughs> in the fields. Mm-hmm. And what they do, and again, here's a commonality with other folklore pertaining to nymphs, is they like to lure young men into the woods where they would then tickle them to death. <laughs> and then once they're dead, they would chop off their head. Just, oh, well. You know, ax that bitch off, you know. <laughs> And, and the other thing which I thought was kind of interesting was if they came across, say, like you were wandering the woods, right, you know, mm-hmm. guy and all, yeah. <laughs> uh, they, they would ask you, hey, do you have a hairbrush or a comb so that they can brush the hair? They loved to do that. And if you didn't have one, then you would really piss them off, and then, you know, they would tickle you to death and chop off your head. But if you did, they would be like, can I have it? And then you got to hand it over, obviously. And then they would just leave you alone. So, I mean, a hairbrush would save your life. Uh, That's something I would definitely have in my pocket. Right. Well, I mean, I I wouldn't. (laughs) But basically, if you ever find yourself traveling in the woods of the Ukraine, bring a hairbrush because apparently it does save lives. Well, speaking of beautiful ladies as creatures, there's a creature called the Rusalka, which is essentially a mermaid or a siren that uh, dwells underwater. And the concept is very similar where they live in the water and lure men that are out in sea by being beautiful, singing their songs and dragging them underwater and killing them. Right. So are they like half woman, half fish? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And do they wear the stars over their breast or not? <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> the sea stars or what are those called? Starfish. Starfish. <laughs> So, and where are they? Are they generally in a certain area? Lakes, usually fresh waters. There's many rivers flowing through Ukraine and uh, a lot of fresh water. So they're freshwater mermaids. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they're called? Uh, Rusalka. And are they only of the female gender? I believe so. Okay. I don't think I've ever heard of a male one. So why are they killing men? They're easier to catch. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> to uh, be spotted by beauty, perhaps. <laughs> That's right. So. And, I mean, you had talked about earlier some of the scary stories that you were told as a child. 
Any other, you know, creepy ass shit to scare the hell out of you? <laughs> well, there was. There's this guy. His name is uh, Koshche Besmertny, which is. I mean, Koshche is his first name, but Besmertny means deathless. Oh. So yeah, he's he's a very creepy character. He's uh, he looks he's all sucked up. Like very he was a junkie in his v- early yeah, years. That's, okay. You know, that's how I would describe him. Very bony, creepy. Okay. Uh, but essentially what makes him immortal, and this is going to get a little strange because of the fol- folklore, he can be killed by conventional means. His soul is hidden separate from his body inside a needle, which is in an egg, which is in a duck, <laughs> which is in a air, which is in an iron chest, which is buried underneath a green oak tree. Okay. Do you and, guys have a lot of green oak trees? Um, yeah, it's actually uh, very green and very beautiful in Ukraine. Okay. The the terrain, you know, it's it's very nice, which is I'm assuming why so many young men go uh, trekking through hiking, the forest. Yeah, okay. hiking through the woods. <laughs> they better bring a hairbrush, <laughs> or they're not gonna make it. <laughs> That's right. So, his soul is separated from his body. What does he do? Does he? You know, kidnap children, or he is essentially the main villain that I can recall throughout all the folklore, throughout all the fairy tales. Kind of like a dra- I mean, kind of like a dragon would be. Okay. Which they also have a dragon, but we're not going to go into that. Okay. Um, he he's essentially the most evil character, and a knight, or it would be a bahate, would have to slay him in order to be a hero. Okay. But he had to find the hair on the duck and yeah. the egg and the air and the it's kind of like chest and the oak <laughs> and the green grass grows all around all around <laughs> <You know. laughs> green grass grows all around okay and I mean what is the purpose of him to scare you guys into behaving or just being the main villain I'm I'm assuming I mean I've just seen many stories of him being just this creepy character right the bad guy the bad guy okay. Well, I mean, thank you very much for coming. Um, you will be with us for our next Ukrainian visit. This time we'll be talking about paranormal and haunted places in the Ukraine. But for now, this is all we have. I want to thank you very much for coming, but you'll be back. <laughs> I know you will. <laughs> all right, on to business. Facebook, Facebook, Facebook. I have a Facebook page, and if you are interested and you'd like to join, just send me a request. However, in the meantime, if you have a place that you would someday like to see where their dark corners are or have a specific tourist attraction in mind, send me an email at where the dark corners are at gmail.com. So until next time, please remember, only the few can find the beauty in the darkness, which is why I hope to meet you where the dark corners are. <laughs>